Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I remember well a number of years ago, looking more like 42 or 3, my parents wanted me to preach. Went off to Freed Hardeman. I'm there in some classes and I'm thinking about it. And the first thought that came to my mind, how is it possible to put together at least two sermons a week from the Bible for the rest of your life? I told the preacher's meeting group last month, after these 40 plus years, I have so many sermons I want to preach, I will die before I ever get to do it. One of the ways that I have obtained things to preach is because I had thought it all had to depend upon me to get it done. But no, people send or give or have ideas all of the time for me, and I appreciate it. Many of them I never would have thought about had I not had a discussion. This is one of those. I was talking with Megan Brunner a few months ago, and we were talking about things that I think that she can do in the future as a writer, as a ladies teacher and children. I think she's tremendous in that way. And we came up with this idea of a spiritual resume. I'd never considered that. And I've been mulling that over in my head for a while. And today, this morning and tonight, I want us to think about a spiritual resume. Now, most of us probably have had something to do with a resume in life. Most businesses, when you get a job, certainly uh, out of, maybe out of college for sure, they want to have a resume. And this is your introduction of yourself to that company or to that employer. It is the way they begin the process of saying, yes, I want you. And so while the resume introduces you to them, the spiritual resume, I want to suggest, introduces you to you. That's our goal for today. Before we learn tonight how to write a spiritual resume, I want you to think with me this morning about what is the value of that. Why would I want to have a spiritual resume. And in the times that I've been thinking about this topic, it came to my notice that there are places in Scripture where we find what appear to me to be spiritual resumes. I'm thinking in the text of 
the book that we're looking at in Philippians, Paul gave his resume and he talked about how he had been a Jew and lived this way and all the things that he had done and he detailed it out and that's a resume of sorts. The concept behind all this really is in Jude 20, which we will consider tonight. And Jude says to his readers, he encourages them to build up themselves on their most holy faith. That is our launching point. Build up yourselves on your most holy faith. In order to do that, you need a spiritual resume. And in order to show the value of it, I want you to turn with me to this resume that Cody just read. This resume that Paul gave of Epaphroditus. And from this resume, I think we can learn the value of having one. Now, maybe it took me a while to decide to preach it because I recognize the danger of it. We're about to proceed today into a dangerous area, a scary area. Because what I'm going to do is ask you along with me to introduce yourself to yourself. And consider these things. And as we consider them specifically, we're going to have to decide, is this a good resume? Where are the holes? Where are the problems? What do I need to do to improve my resume? Let's look at this text. I want to consider four things that Paul says about Epaphroditus that tells us what the value of a spiritual resume is. Number one, Paul says in these first, this first verse, he says, I am going to detail your ministry. Now see, Paul was sending Epaphroditus to see the Philippian church and see the brethren. We'll see that again in a moment. But in this case, he is saying, I want to tell you about him. And a spiritual resume will detail your ministry. In other words, it will say, here are my talents. This is what I like. This is what I have done. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I am, my ministry. Look what Paul said about Epaphroditus. Number one, it details and it gives a description, the details that is, of how you fit as a member of the family. My brother. When you consider your spiritual resume, the ministry that you have, how well are you connected to this family? 
How close are you to these people? He says, he's my brother. Do you think of the person across the room as your brother? Your sister? Or just somebody you sit near in church? The spiritual resume says, my ministry is with these people. Number two, a fellow worker. My ministry is that I'm working. I am busy. I have something that I do. It has been a constant theme in the whole time, basically, that I've been at Richmond. To work very hard to get every single Christian to have something to do, to feel apart, to be connected, to make a contribution to what's going on. And over time, if you don't have something that you do that fits, that you are a part of, that gives you connection, you're not going to thrive. What is your spiritual resume? Number three, fellow soldier. I defend my brethren. I defend God. I defend the truth. I stand for it. I am firm. I am solid. Every shepherd I've ever heard would think it to be the greatest blessing in the world if every single sheep was strong and solid, and standing firm for the truth and the faith, knowing that they are not going to leave, they are not going to fall away, that would be the greatest spiritual comfort a shepherd could ever receive. And Paul said of Epaphroditus, he's not going anywhere. He's a soldier. Number four, he's a servant. Notice what he says. He's your messenger. He's bringing this letter to you. He's the one who ministered to my need. Epaphroditus was a servant. He looked for opportunities to help other people and to be involved in their lives. That's who Epaphroditus was. That's what he did. Epaphroditus has a spiritual resume that details his ministry. I'm asking that you and I consciously make a spiritual resume that details the ministry that you have in this church and for the Lord. Number two, verse 26. A spiritual resume describes your heart. It's not just the kinds of things that you can see that you're doing and involved with. It's also something that says, this is who I am. This is how I feel. 
This is how deeply I understand it. This is what I really want. Here are my desires. Look at Epaphroditus, verse 26. He was longing to go and see these brethren. Maybe we understand that now better than we ever have in our Christian existence. Maybe being at home and quarantined, being away from this assembly, not being able to be here in our Bible classes, not having any of our normal fellowship activities, maybe you are longing to get back. I think you probably are. This says that you are. We're longing. Epaphroditus couldn't wait to see them. Number two, it not only shows his heart and how he's connected to them, but it also shows how they are connected to him. These people had heard that he had been sick, and they were really grieved about it. For whatever reason, they seemed to be great friends. They were tight. And now Paul says Epaphroditus wants to see them, and they want to see him because they'd heard he was sick, and maybe he had died. They didn't know. When you think about your spiritual resume as it relates to your heart, what do you say? Do you long to be with these people in various settings, in various opportunities, to be with, to learn from, to be encouraged by? And secondly, honestly, what do you think they think about you? Do you think they really want you to be with them? Do they want to know how you are doing? Again, I think that some of us, many of us, maybe all of us, have experienced that to some degree recently. When the news gets out that certain people have been sick and they're quarantined, our people have reached out. Different ones of you could list time after time after time that somebody said, yeah, we miss you too. And that on your spiritual resume creates a confidence, creates an assurance, creates a connection because now you know you don't just miss them, but you're involved enough that they miss you. And that's powerful. Number three. Paul talked about Epaphroditus in a way that we are not 
necessarily accustomed to. A spiritual resume delivers your testimony. I think it is probably, in my opinion, something that we don't do enough. Listening to how God has worked in the lives of other people, I think it is powerful. I love hearing the stories where someone says, I know God was working, and, and look at this. Here's what happened. And they lay it out and lay it out and lay it out. I can't say absolute certain that God was pulling every string and doing everything. But what I can say is we should feel that he is. We should proclaim that he is. And saying that he does connects us even more to him. There's a lot said in Scripture about testifying. A lot said about the testimony that people give. Oh, there's some powerful things. As I look around this room and all of the years that we've been here, that I could say, oh, there's a testimony about something right there. I've seen it in this life. I've seen it in that life. And I could detail many, many that I have heard. Notice what he says. He was sick, but God had mercy on him. That's what testimony does. Testimony says, here I am, and here is where I was, and here is what God did. I think we need to talk like that more and say that more. Look at verse 28. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly so that you can see him again and rejoice. And so can I. That's what testimony does. Testimony encourages people, strengthens people. Gives them hope when sometimes they can't see it. Because God is working in that life and in that life and in that life, and I want Him to work in mine. When you write your spiritual resume, write about the testimony that you have from God, for, about God. What has He done for you? To, for what do you give him credit? How have you been improved by your association with the things of truth and the things of God? Being around Christian people, how are you a better person today because of those connections? That is your testimony. And it's a powerful part of a spiritual resume. Number four, verse 25, 29. Paul closes by saying, and as you close your spiritual resume, define your mission. Where are you going in the future? Where are you headed? What are you wanting to do? 
Paul said, I'm sending Epaphroditus to you. He's coming to you for a purpose. One of those purposes was involved in a command that Paul gave the brethren. He said, when he gets there, you receive him and you greet him and give him honor that he deserves. One of the things that Paul or that Epaphroditus had on his mission was to make sure that those people understand that basic principle, give honor to whom honor is due. But number two, the mission that Epaphroditus had doesn't sound positive when you read it. To supply what was lacking in your service toward me. It sounds like Paul is being a little upset with the Philippians. You should have done more and you didn't. And so I'm sending him in to fill the void. That's not what it's about. When he closes the book in chapter 4 verses 10 through 20, he praises the Philippians as high as you can praise them. You are the only one, he said, you're the only church who communicated with me continuously in my mission work. You're the only one. Others did from time to time. But everywhere I went, you contributed. You were involved. You've been my partner. So what's he saying about the mission that Epaphroditus had? What was lacking? At this time was how can they get what they want to give him to Paul he's in jail he's in prison they want to help they want to be involved but they can't get it to him what are they gonna do there's something lacking you know what's lacking is an opportunity a method by which they can send what they're going to give and Paul said Epaphrodite is gonna help you out I believe the Philippians had told Paul, we want to help, but we just can't figure out how to get it to you. And one of his servants, one of his partners, went to pick it up. And that's his mission. What's your mission? When you write your spiritual resume, what's your mission? Well, in one sense, we all have the exact same mission. We want not just to assemble here together, but we want to assemble there together. My mission, your mission, get to heaven. And you know, there should be absolutely nothing that gets in the way of us fulfilling that mission. But your mission here is different from my mission here. And only you really know it. Now various people who know you can probably help and suggest and give some ideas. Maybe they can challenge you. I've challenged a few people recently to say, okay, here's something you can do. I think you need to get to it. What's your mission? When you look at every opportunity available here in this place, available in your work and in your connections, what's your mission? How are you going to do it? 
How do you want to accomplish it? What is your mission? Today, I want you to write. I want you to be intentional. I hope that you will actually sit down and write a spiritual resume. I'll do it. I plan to. But it's going to be dangerous. Because it may reveal some things that you've been trying to avoid seeing in your own life. It may offer some challenges that you don't think you're ready to fulfill. But it's a powerful tool to rate and to know where you are today. You need to know about your ministry, your heart, your testimony, and your mission. I hope you'll take that challenge. I hope I take the challenge. Today, maybe you know that you need help. Maybe you know there's a hole that you want filled. If you're not a child of God, the hole that needs to be filled is to obey the gospel and be immersed into Jesus Christ. A Christian can fill the problems in their lives by getting others to pray for them and be on their side. That's what we will do. Our shepherds will be here if you need us today. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.